0: Welcome to the Shepherd's Heart Ministries podcast for our Sunrise Cafe channel. Currently, Sunrise Cafe is our weekly early morning gatherings where we discuss scripture over a good breakfast. To register or to get times and locations, please go to shm.live. Every week, immediately after our morning gatherings, a podcast will be published that will unpack the discussion text for that particular morning at a little more depth. Please know that the Sunrise Cafe is a discussion-based, not teaching-based event. Which means when you attend a Sunrise Cafe gathering, you will notice that there is very little teaching and more of an emphasis on relationships and conversations about the Bible. The Sunrise Cafe podcast episodes are not recordings from the actual event. Instead, they are resources designed to supplement the conversations had during our morning gatherings. If you have any questions or if there's any way we can help you as you are exploring or growing in your relationship with Jesus, please feel free to send us an email at info at shepherdsheartmen.org. Again, that's info at shepherdsheartmin.org. We hope you enjoy the following resource. Hey, everyone. This is Cody from Shepherd's Heart Ministries here in Belgrade, Montana, and I want to welcome you to week one of our podcast series entitled More Like Jesus. We are spending eight weeks looking at what it means to follow Jesus more closely and we're going to be discussing some disciplines some doctrines and other aspects regarding our devotion to Christ that are essential to our spiritual development ultimately this whole series is about making things that are important to Jesus important to us and this morning during our sunrise cafe gathering to get this series kicked off we discussed two texts in particular mark 8:27 through 30 and john 14:6 And in this podcast, we're going to be addressing the question, who is Jesus? This is one of the most important questions that we can ask ourselves. And this is one of the most important questions that we can put before other people who are perhaps exploring faith or wanting to know more about who Jesus is. So the intent of this episode is just to provide an introduction to the person of Jesus and the implications of following him. And hopefully this will be a good way for you to start exploring Christianity if that's where you are, or even be a supplement in your spiritual growth if you are already actively following Jesus. So in addition to some of these things, we just also wanted to give you a little more context and insight into the text that we discuss and Mark eight twenty-seven through 30 in particular. So with that, let's go ahead and jump into the primary text for this episode, which is Mark eight twenty-seven through 30. And then we'll begin to unpack that text throughout the rest of the episode. So in Mark 8, 27 through 30, it says, And Jesus went on with his disciples to the villages of Caesarea Philippi. And on the way, he asked his disciples, Who do people say that I am? And they told him, John the Baptist, and others say Elijah, and others one of the prophets. And he asked them, But who do you say that I am? And Peter answered, you are the Christ, and he strictly charged them to tell no one about him. And that was Mark 8, through 30. So just to provide you kind of a 10,000 foot view of what's happening in the gospel of Mark, and then we'll zoom in and take a look at this text in particular. Mark wrote this gospel of the life and ministry of Jesus during and possibly as a response to a time of intensified persecution in the early church, somewhere between the years of 64 and 70 AD. And some scholars believe that Mark was inspired to write this account of Jesus because of two, because of, two of his influences, Paul and Peter. They were both martyred under the emperor Nero's reign. And some people believe that this was one of the things that really inspired Mark to write. And in the book of Mark, if you're familiar with the writings of Paul and Peter, you can almost hear their influence as some of the themes surface out of the book of Mark. And some of those things that you're going to find is that Mark's message to the reader is that Jesus is the Messiah, and he's also the suffering servant who, by overcoming death, would lead his people to victory over sin, death, and Satan. And Mark also alludes to the fact that following Jesus can come with a high cost. See, grace is free. Salvation is the free gift of God. But living in and out of grace can sometimes be costly. And a lot of what Mark discusses points us in that direction. Now, in this particular text, Mark eight twenty-seven through 30, Jesus is on his way to the cross. He's on his way to Jerusalem to be crucified, and he has been followed by the crowds. He's been followed by, the, by masses of people. And finally, he takes a moment to pause, and then he presses his disciples to think deeply about who he is and what it costs to follow him, which is found in verses 31 through 34. But we're just going to focus this episode on three questions that are found in eight twenty-seven through 30. And there's going to be three questions that we're going to discuss. Two of them come directly from the text and one of them does not, but it, it'll, it'll be relevant. I promise. The first question is, who do people say that I am? That's the question Jesus asked. The second question is, who does Jesus say he is? And that's what we're going to turn to John 14:6. And then we're going to make it more personal. Who do you say that I am? Now, answering these questions will help provide an introduction to exploring and growing in our knowledge of Jesus, and that is so important for us to understand who Jesus is and what it means to follow him. So with that said, let's start with the first question of the text. Who do people say that I am? Now, in the Bible, and especially in the Gospels, you will see that Jesus was constantly followed by crowds of people, and the Gospel of Mark actually depicts the crowds as simply curious people and rather shallow. And even at times, they, they are a hindrance to those who are serious about getting to Jesus and who and those who are really trying to figure out who Jesus is. And among the crowds, which, which could include the religious leaders, uh, foreigners, um, his family, among the crowds were people who thought that Jesus was a prophet, a revolutionary rabbi. His family at one point even called him a crazy person. And some even called, some even said that he was a powerful demonic figure. But then on the other side, there are those who seem to actually capture a vision for who Jesus truly is. And these are usually the people who are marginalized, who are poor, who are broken in every sense of the word, spiritually hungry for more than just religion, or simply people who are just open and receptive to Jesus's words. So that's what we see in scripture. Now, outside of Scripture and throughout history, we know that Jesus is one of the most well-documented historical figures, and no one really denies this fact or even the truth of his existence for that matter. History's answer to the question, who do people say that I am, is not much different than those in Scripture. You have some who are skeptical, and you have some who are serious. And the one thing that is certain is that Jesus is not someone that you can easily dismiss or become indifferent towards. The world throughout history certainly is not. I mean, and if, if we just look at the major world religions that exist today, and if you just take a surface level glance at them, you will find that all want some claim to this person, Jesus. In some, in some way and at some level, all these religions want a piece of Jesus. For example, Buddhism teaches that Jesus was someone who could reach an enlightenment, but chose not to for various reasons. And he's sort of a runner-up to Buddha. And Hinduism simply adds Jesus to a collection of many gods who appeared to be human, but in actuality was not. He only appeared to be human. He was actually divine. And he was just kind of fooling us there. And Islam says that Jesus is a prophet. Jews throughout history have had various thoughts regarding Jesus, from Jesus being a rebel, from Jesus being a revolutionary, to a leader on social and political issues. And even many atheists will say that Jesus was a moral teacher and perhaps um, someone who could be considered an early form of someone like Gandhi, for example. But one thing that's for sure is that everyone seems to have an opinion about Jesus. And that's important for us to recognize. I mean, there is no one else in history who has split history in half. And he deserves our attention and he deserves our exploration. So the world's answer to who Jesus is, is no different than what we see in scripture. I and mean, doesn't it make sense that if every belief system has an opinion about Jesus doesn't it make sense to start with Jesus himself in the place where we are given the most information about him? So that moves us on from Mark 8, 27 through 30, kind of jumping into John 14, 6. And we're going to come back to that passage of Mark here in just a second. But that's who the world believes Jesus is. There are a variety of opinions and thoughts about him. But who do, but who does Jesus say that he is? And in John 14:6 he answers this. He says, Jesus said to him, and he's talking to Thomas who throughout the, throughout the New Testament is, is depicted as somebody who is just naturally skeptical about things. So Jesus is responding to someone who is skeptical about things, and he says, "I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes through the Father except through me." Those are some pretty exclusive claims. And through his actions and words, Jesus has claimed to be God and the way to God. And in the Bible, he accepts worship. He forgives sins and expressed full authority over the natural and the supernatural. All of those things, all of those things are reserved for God alone. So for Jesus to assume those things explicitly and implicitly, Jesus has claimed to be God. And that he is the only way to the Father. And simply put, this is either true or it's not true. Jesus is either who he says he is or he is not. And to help us think through some of these things, C.S. Lewis uh, does a good job on expounding on the teaching of a 19th century rabbi named John Duncan. You see, Duncan pioneered the idea that Jesus is either a liar, lunatic, or Lord. And you may have heard that. And in the church world, we call that the trilemma. That's kind of the phrase you'll hear Around the church and in conversations about the identity of Jesus being either liar, lunatic, or lord, the trilemma. And C.S. Lewis built upon this idea and popularized the argument in his book, Mere Christianity, which is an excellent book. I encourage you to go grab that book. But basically, in it, C.S. Lewis is, is stating that Jesus is either a liar, because if he is not God, he has deceived billions of people throughout history, which then refutes the argument that Jesus is a moral teacher as some would say, or Jesus is a lunatic because he thought he was God and then died for it. Complete lunacy. Or Jesus is Lord and everything that he has said is true. And those are great conversational pieces as we're exploring who Jesus is. And there's one more that C.S. Lewis touches on, one more possibility that kind of falls outside of the trilemma, And it's one that's becoming increasingly popular in our culture again. It's not a new argument. It's actually an old argument that was dismissed, but is now receiving some new life. And that's Jesus could be a legend. But when we compare this legend theory against other legends throughout history and their development and the nature of those legends, this argument does not hold a lot of weight. So if you want to explore that a little bit more, I'd point you back to uh, mere Christianity to kind of read some more into that. But just know that that argument doesn't hold a lot of weight. But Jesus is either who he says he was or he is not. If he is God, then he means everything. And if not, then he means nothing. And as I said a moment ago, Jesus just doesn't want to ask the crowd. He doesn't just want to know the world's opinion about who he is. He makes this personal. Which leads to the final question, who do you say that I am? In mark 8:27 through30, Jesus does not want the disciples or anyone else for that matter, just to simply hide behind the curious crowds and not engage in serious thought and contemplation of who he is. He is way too important. And people arrive at answering this question in a variety of ways, and people come to know Jesus in a variety of ways. Now just to be clear, I am not saying that there are multiple ways to salvation. What I'm saying is that everyone is on their own redemptive journey, and the Holy Spirit will meet them where they are, and the Holy Spirit will reveal Jesus to them. And the Holy Spirit reveals Jesus, and we either respond by receiving or rejecting Him. And there are a few ways that I've seen, and what we can see in Scripture, how people have come to uncover the identity of Jesus. Now, some come to know Jesus as Lord and Savior by growing up in a home or a church that created a healthy environment. To connect to Jesus. Other people may have had a radical encounter with Jesus where, in a moment's notice, they have completely changed their mind about him and began to follow him faithfully, kind of like the Apostle Paul. And still, others may come to know Jesus only after years of the Holy Spirit persuading their hearts towards the grace of God. And I believe that we see all of these in Scripture and that we should be gracious with others wherever they are in answering Jesus's question, who do you say I am? I mean, even here in the text, the disciples have been with Jesus for a while, and though Peter gave the correct answer, he and the disciples did not fully understand what it meant that Jesus is the Messiah. They were still learning, which is why Jesus charges them to tell no one about who he is. Because they had the right answer, but they didn't know how to f- fully explain it. They didn't know the weight of what it meant that Jesus was Messiah. And there's nothing more dangerous than spreading misinformation about someone when you don't have the whole story. So Jesus was still unraveling and revealing that story to them. So just a little bit about my story and how I, be- how I came to answer this question, who do you say that I am? You see, I did not grow up in a home that discussed faith, let alone Jesus, but I was introduced to the church when I was about six years old by a friend and his family who lived down the street from me. And after going to church for about four years with him, I had made a profession of faith and I was baptized. Um, but shortly after, my family up and moved away. And when we moved away, I stepped out of my faith and away from my faith completely. And over the next couple of years, some other things happened that that were really difficult for me to make sense of a loving God as a young teenager. I mean, through my parents' divorce, their remarriage to other spouses down to my brother's tragic death in a car accident when I was about 13 years old. See, I did not have an enduring faith as a young teenager. And I walked away for several years, ironically for me, but completely in line with God's sovereignty it was all of the heartbreak and all of the skepticism that the holy spirit used to persuade my heart to begin to truly consider and answer jesus's questions and i remember it took it took years for me to actually get to the point where i began to take faith seriously and follow jesus and certainly everyone has their own redemptive story. And we'd actually love to hear that. So send that into us um, when I give you the email here in just a second. We'd love to hear how you connected to Jesus. But some folks who have started out as non-Christians, but ended up ultimately submitting and following Jesus, that I would encourage you to kind of study their lives and go look at their ministries, are people like C.S. Lewis, Josh McDowell, Francis Collins, Hugh Ross, And Alistair McGrath, these are some of the world's brightest minds in their particular fields, and they began to seriously search out for truth, and they found truth in Christ. And also, don't dismiss the fact that Jesus' family thought he was crazy until after the resurrection. I mean, his baby brother would go on to be a leader in the church. He wrote the book of James, and ultimately, he gave his life for his faith in Jesus, so we're all on this redemptive journey as we're answering the question, who, does, who do you say that I am? Answering Jesus's question there. So I want to encourage you that wherever you are, to wrestle with the identity of Jesus and know that no matter how many facts you find, we've talked a lot about uh, some arguments and some facts in this particular episode, but know that no matter how many facts you find, information about Jesus is not the same as belief in Jesus. It takes a work of the Holy Spirit moving your heart and convicting you of truth. You see, after the resurrection, Jesus' disciples possessed all of the facts about Jesus. They had seen the risen Lord. Jesus had spent 40 days teaching them more in depth on the kingdom of God, but they lacked the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit. And when they received the Holy Spirit, they received conviction and clarity all we have to do is just look at the disciples before and after the resurrection to see that it was the power of the Holy Spirit that transformed their lives. So I'd encourage you to take a moment to ask if you have seriously engaged with Jesus' questions in this episode. And if you have, think about one person that you can discuss or share these things with. And of course, if we can help you in any way or answer any questions that you might have, please feel free to shoot us an email at info at shepherdsheartmin.org. Info at shepherdsheartmin.org. And we would love to hear your story, and we'd love to hear from you and try to answer any questions that you might have. So thanks for tuning in, and we hope that you will join us for the rest of this series.